Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Your final score from Raymond James Stadium as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to the New Orleans Saints and drop their record to 8-8 on the season. One game left against the Carolina Panthers and the Bucs have to win. Otherwise, they will more than likely miss the postseason because with a loss next week against the Carolina Panthers, the Bucs will have a 0.1% chance at making the postseason. But today we're here to talk about this game against the New Orleans Saints. Just an uninspiring performance, Evan. Uh, unfortunately, you know, with everything on the line for the season, a team that was 4-7 and seven just a month ago looking to win their fifth in a row today, seemed like it was too little too late for the Bucs against the Saints today. And the Saints get the better of Tampa Bay for the first time since the 2021 season. But uh, unfortunately, the Bucs lose a tough one today. And... Not a lot of good things to take away from this game today. No, and uh, I think when, when you look at this game and, and how it went, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pin it mostly on coaching. Um, and to me, right, the Buccaneers looked like a team where one, it, it looked like you could tell right whose season was on the line and whose season, you know, sort of. What the big game is next week, right? New Orleans with a loss today would have been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, and to me, when you look at uh, a team that doesn't look motivated and a team that doesn't look prepared, that is to me coaching. Uh, that to me falls on, on coaching. And um, ultimately, I, I do obviously, yeah, players have to execute better this and that, but the team didn't look prepared from this jump, uh, costly penalties, costly turnovers, things that the offense wasn't doing uh, the last month or so that really hurt them. They're now, uh, again, I believe 0-5 maybe when turning the ball over multiple times, so uh, there's a recipe for disaster there, and the defense couldn't get off field in third down. I mean, New Orleans' first drive was eight minutes long, um, so just couldn't uh you know after having a sort of a complete performance last week this performance was one of the worst they've had in a while especially on offense i mean outside of the final what, five minutes of the fourth quarter um basically i thought the offense looked like arguably the worst it's looked all season uh it looked cathargic it looked slow uh looked like it was so predictable there was actually a obviously you know Rhett was at the game which by the way uh, happy birthday to uh, co-host Rhett Matthew here. As, uh, the Bucks couldn't give him a birthday gift, but uh, he does is celebrating a birthday today. So happy big 5-0 uh, to, to, to Rhett Matthew. It's, yeah, you, for 50, you still you don't have any gray. So that's that's looking great. Um, but there was on, on a, in the fourth quarter, there was nine minutes left, and the Buccaneers threw a screen pass to Trey Palmer. Demario Davis, literally before the snap, was yelling, screen, screen, screen. 
to me that that's a predictive, you know, a predictable offense. And I mean, <laughs> you know, you're down twenty to nothing, and I understand you want to establish the run, but running the football, uh, what are you doing? Like, what in the world are you doing? It seemed like they weren't, it, it, you know, just like you said, kind of too little, too late to where late in the game they were pushing the ball down the field. Then right had the 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 big pass to Palmer, which obviously, you know, he fumbled the ball, but then had the touchdown to Palmer, then had the touchdown to Godwin. They're pushing the ball down the field. Why weren't you doing that two quarters earlier? You know, and I just, it seemed like the, the Bucks were really tentative uh, to do anything on offense today that was going to put, uh, I guess, big plays in risk, turnovers at risk. I don't know. To me, like, you, know, you should trust your quarterback after he's played two of uh, the better games that he's played all season, one of them being pos- possibly the best game of his career. You should trust your quarterback to be able to make those throws and, and be able to push the ball down the field when you need to. They, they were down 20 to nothing. They're still running screens and uh, running the football. It just it didn't make sense to me. It seemed like the Buccaneers basically waved the white towel pretty early on in this, and to me, that falls on coaching. So I... I'm not sure if he is, but I think Todd Bowles should be coaching for his job next week. Uh, a loss next week, I think, should result in him being fired. We'll see if it does. We'll see if they even lose. It's probably not likely. I mean, Carolina is just a god-awful team. Yes, anything can happen. Cardinals just beat the Eagles. Uh, Giants almost beat the Rams, this and that. But um, Carolina is a bad football team. So I don't think that's going to happen. However, crazier things have happened in the NFL. And I do think that if they were to lose next week and, yeah, basically miss the playoffs, because now they're in the situation that New Orleans was this week, right? So you want to see a motivated football team next week. You really do. Uh, you want to see a team that it seemed like New Orleans, the on offense and defense, they were fighting for every blade of grass, every inch they were fighting for. And Alvin Kamara got tackled for a four-yard gain. The offensive line pushed him for an 11-yard gain. That's the want, right? That, that's the desire to get it done. The Bucs did not have that this week. So if they come out next week, still don't have it, lose that game, to me that has to result in a head coaching change. Yeah, it's unfortunate today. Just the miscues that the Bucks had, and really that first half entirely, they didn't put any points on the board, but they beat themselves. Just penalty after penalty after penalty. And uh, obviously, a lot of that's going to fall into coaching and how well Todd Bowles had those guys prepared to play today. They did not look good. Let's talk about the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, on the offensive side of the ball. 22 for 33, 309 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, I hate to not give Baker credit because, again, we've talked a lot about Baker Mayfield these last couple of weeks off of that uh, performance after Green Bay, the performance after the Jacksonville game. But today, it was just, again, kind of like what I said with the rest of the team to start the show, too little too late. Didn't seem like the Bucs were able to find much of an offensive rhythm until the very end of the game when they had no choice but to start forcing the ball downfield. And a, a lot of sacks by Baker today. You know, we've talked about it before this season. I'll talk about it again today. Just hanging on to the ball too long. But, Mm. you know, can't really fault him for that when the offense doesn't give him much of anything at all today. It really just seemed like there wasn't much doing for the entire game on the offensive side of the ball. Some questionable play calling out there from Dave Canales today. And it it resulted in a, a lackluster performance. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, obviously Baker Mayfield, you know, poor decision on the interception, poor throw. Um, but you know, on the other one, it was a tip ball that was picked off. Um, you know, and then obviously, yeah, a, a fumble there, uh, for, for Palmer, which, you know, could, could have been a huge play and, you know, it could have been a game changing play. Um, if Palmer's able to just come down with that and, you know, I, I just, 
everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong today for the Bucs. And like you said, Mayfield, I thought early on even, he was holding the ball uh, for too long, couldn't get through his reads quick enough. And with the Saints, like we talked about in the game preview, which, I mean, some people said we were being too negative about the Bucs. I, I don't know how. But, um, you know, with the Saints playing man coverage, like, you know, you were going to, it was going to be a little bit tougher to pass the football this week. And it seemed like the Bucks and, and Baker Mayfield, just, they didn't really have many answers for what New Orleans was throwing at them. And uh, the run game was going nowhere and they kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And you're not putting your quarterback in a, in a good position there if you're going to keep doing that. So, especially when it's not effective, right? It wasn't effective until a little bit there. Rashad White gets the ball, gets a long run, and then the fumble happens. So, it was just a, a Bad day. Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Corey from Nashville. Hey, Hello, Corey. Corey. How are you feeling? Hey, man. That... <laughs> I don't know if we spoke enough positive life into the team to the fact that Karma just reversed it and gave us this weird-ass game today. This game was all of the Jameis Winston era games. Like, <laughs> From, like, where shit that you just ain't been seeing, like, weird shit, like Kamarna. What was he doing today? Yeah. Like, yeah. from punting to kickoffs. Like, is he hurt? Is he has a messed up groin? Or what's going on there? Rashad White with that goofiest fumble I think I've ever seen in the NFL where you're that close to the sideline and somehow the ball bounces back inbound five yards. I'm like, and then where was he going? I'm like, dude, there's nowhere to go. Just run out of bounds. Trey Palmer fumbling the ball because of the ground. Like, just, just weird, weird game. And you know what's crazy? The craziest thing is you saw how garbage the Saints were. We played a D, a F, no, we played an F game. Yeah. If we don't turn the ball over four times, we probably win the game. Like, just realistic, like being realistic. They were throwing the ball to the tight ends to the point where Jawan Johnson had a career day with seven catches today. Like, dude, mm-hmm. come on, man. G- give me a break. Like, um, but the game plan was – I had, that was my biggest issue with today's game. The game plan offensively um, where we've been doing great with the past game, getting Chris Godwin involved since the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game and obviously Green Bay in last week. Uh, those combined games, but he had 17 or 18 catches in two games to the point where he was leading our team in receptions. That's how – that's how much he's come on because we've noticed throughout the regular season the biggest issue was with him getting the ball. But he's leading our team in receptions because of the resurgence or the reemergence of Chris Godwin in his passing attack. And we just completely went away from that today, in my opinion. Um, we know the Saints are going to run a cloud cover on Mike Evans. So the game plan like it was in New Orleans, in New Orleans should have been to get to Chris Godwin. And it was an overall weird game plan. But yeah. I said all that to say, and I'm, and I'm going to go. I'm sorry. Um, You're good, man. I said all that to say, I would have been so much more discouraged had we lost this game and actually played well. Hey. Trying to go to Carolina, and I, I'm going to be honest with y'all, we and, and this is just based off of this year, we can't play worse than we played today. Like, from a turnover step, we, we were one of the lowest turnover teams in the NFL. We had four today. Four, we, just very weird turnover things that we um, – um, Baker has not been throwing 50-50 balls. As a matter of fact, I think the last 50-50 ball that he threw was New Orleans when he tried to throw that fade route to Chris Godwin and the guy picked it off in New Orleans. Like, we, 
the fumbles, weird. Uh, Rashad White has three fumbles in his career, weird. Um, Trey Palmer, the ground fumble. I just personally think um, I, I would be more discouraged if he played well and lost. And that's my call. I'm sorry, guys. I took a long time, but I had a lot to get off my chest. We're, we're good, Corey. Appreciate it. Good talking to you, Corey. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's the most disappointing point of this game today by Tampa Bay is just how flat they came out. And, and obviously yeah. it, it, in, it, in a, in a big time game, like right. this was, it, it felt like a weird game. It kind of felt like from the first half that the bucks were not going to materialize much of anything on the offensive side of the ball. Unfortunately, you know, you kind of got that feeling early on in this game, but I think it's more so the fact of, like you said today, Today was the game they needed to win. You know, today was the game where you go out there, you handle business, you take care of it, and going into next week against Carolina, you have an opportunity to maybe rest your starters if you want to because you handled business this week, but unfortunately yeah. the Bucks did not. And what discourages me the most is the fashion and how they came out, and Corey brought it up as well. It just seems like everything that could go wrong today for the Bucks simply did, and a, a lot of it, you got a point at coaching because this team on both sides of the ball, they just point blank simply simply put, we're not ready to play today. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're definitely right. And um, you know, when when you talk about um you know being prepared to play and everything and and, and this and that, it's next week, you know, you have an opportunity, but like like you said, this was the one, right? Because look, yeah, all right. None. Let's let's be completely honest here. They're probably going to beat the Panthers next week. Like most likely going to beat the Panthers next week. So they're going to win the AFC South, go to the playoffs, this and that. It's just it's going to have a different feel to it. You know, it just completely is. To me, it's even going to have a different feel to it than it did last season when they clinched. Because if you remember, that was at home. It was the big oh Tom Brady and Mike Evans three big touchdowns to beat the Panthers to clinch the AFC South. That had a good feel to it. Now you're going into week 17 or week 18 for the second straight season being eight and eight. And yeah, okay, even if you win, it's like, yeah, okay, they won the South. They beat the Panthers, the worst team in the NFL to do it. You know, um, to me, it, it's another thing of when you look at this team, right? And you're looking at what exactly they've done this season throughout the entire season, right? The games that won, the games that they've lost. This is what they they have been doing, right? So it's when when you're when you're looking at this team with teams under um excuse me uh over five hundred, right? Teams that are five hundred or above, the Buccaneers have a record of they are one in six against winning teams this season. Um, so one in six against winning teams. Simply not going to get it done. Um, just, just simply not going to get it done. They're they're one in five against teams currently in the playoffs, I believe, uh, and it's just it's not good enough. It, it is simply not good enough. And because guess what? In the playoffs, you're going to be playing winning teams. And right now, I believe the the Bucks would play the Eagles uh, in the wild card. Look, I know the Eagles have struggled. Like I know the Eagles, they have struggled. They have lost, you know, three out or four out of the last five or whatever. I get it. But the fact is, like, they're just a better football team than Tampa. Like, you know, if, if the Bucks can't beat the Saints, you know, if they if they can't beat the Falcons, um, you know, if they're not able to beat some of these teams, 
you know, they're not able to beat, I would even say, like, the, the Colts or whatever. Like, they're not even able to beat some of these teams. How am I supposed to believe that you're going to be able to have a shot in a playoff game to win that game against the Eagles? That's the biggest thing, I think. It's you know, just what you, you talked about last week, right? It's a good uh, litmus test on the Jacksonville game, right? Oh, to see how this team would compete. Now, basically, this sort of knocked it down because I think New Orleans is worse than Jacksonville. Like to, to me, you know, and it's it's to play that way in that situation in front of your home crowd leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? What's up, guys? This is Richard from the West Coast. There we go. <laughs> What's up, Richard? Damn, that shit sucked ass today. My goodness. Uh, you guys... This is supposed to be a team that's in quote-unquote playoff mentality, and this is what we got. Now, granted, last couple weeks, it's been, you know, kippity-doo-dah and hoorah. It was, it's nice to see, but um, we had a chance to cement ourselves in the playoffs today. This is the game that it was supposed to mean something, not just playoffs. But against the effing Saints, who we all hate, and we get stomped on like this, stomped on. I mean, if this if we if this is playoffs mentality, we're going home already, and we and, we, and, we're, and the season's not even over. So, it, in a way, I'm I'm a little nervous if we do. Or when we do make the playoffs, when we beat Carolina next week, how is that really going to look? Evan, you just said Philly's going to come to town. And even though they've had their struggles, like you said, they're still a good team. Yeah, They lost to Arizona by putting over 30 points. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of teams lose going over 30 points. Um. And we all know how that felt like when we lost to the Texans. So, it, it, what do you guys think, man? Like, well, wh- where are we going with this? Is it is is the playoffs even worth it? <laughs> you know, and, and and do we do the draft pick? Do we, re- you know, we were all rooting for re-signing Baker Mayfield uh, just a couple days ago, and I told you guys we need to calm down. 24 hours ago. We need, <laughs> yeah, we need to calm down. Let's just root for our team. Let's, we're, we're, we're too ahead of ourselves, and we're already trying to sign Baker. And, you know, we were down 17-0 at half. I don't think it was out of, out of our league for, to see what Baker can do. Pull, pull us, you know, into a comeback. Make the game, you know, close. Maybe even, you know, take a lead. But he, he, just, he simply just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, no, d- sorry, sorry, Rhett, really quick, good. definitely agree, Richard. And we have a, a twenty-hour super chat though from from Dante Mason. Uh, man, when we suck, we suck. Like what happened? Yeah, well, we're <clears throat> we're trying to explain what happened here. So, um, but definitely, Rhett, I want to get to your point there, really quick. Yeah, I think the most disappointing part of today's loss is is just kind of following the theme that we have established throughout the rest of the twenty twenty three season when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the fact that. Whenever they face a superior opponent, they just crumble. 
And, and I mean, they don't just lose the game. Like they go out there and they play the worst they have all season. Todd Bull said it best. They stunk it up today. Like they wouldn't have beat any NFL team today. They would have barely beat any college team or high school team, according to the head coach. You know, every opportunity this team has had in 2023 to prove that they are more than what their record shows and they are more than just a potential winner of a shitty division, every time they've had an opportunity to prove that they are more than what people are going to think of them, they just fall flat. And today was another example of that. And, you know, we were incredibly hyped about the postseason and the opportunity that the Bucks had before them today to get the job done, punch their ticket for a home playoff game, and lock themselves into that four seed in the NFC. It just it doesn't feel as good when you get the job done against a terrible Carolina Panthers team who is likely going to lock themselves into the number one overall pick in the NFL, even though they won't get it due to that trade with Chicago they, last they year. Actually, they actually they, they did today with the win. Yeah. So, with, with, the, with the loss, I mean, technically, yes. I, I mean, you know, this is the worst team in the NFL that you're going to have to prove yourself next week against. And it, it doesn't feel as good when you beat them to punch your ticket to the postseason as opposed to beating the New Orleans Saints, a team that, you know, we had every right to feel weary about before this game headed into this week. We said it on the game preview. People said we were being ridiculous. People said we had little dick energy. But at the end of the day, like... You know, this is this is the faith that the Bucks have given me so far in this 2023 season. I I wish, I wish I could be a lot more excited about what happened today, but it, it was just a piss poor uh, piss poor performance. Evan, your final thoughts here before we let our buddy Richard go. Yeah, no, I, I again, you know, and I I do like what he said about um sort of you know not getting ahead of yourselves, right? It, it was good, but at the end of the day, you know, they're still not out of the woods yet, right? And um, I do think that there, there, and look, I'm not here to call out the Buccaneers fan base or whatever, but like I, the one silver lining is maybe it's a little bit humbling, you know, and I think it could be humbling for not only the fan base, but for the team itself, right? Winning four straight games and doing it well, especially the last two weeks, right? The Carolina one, the Atlanta one, you won, but you felt like, eh, you know, the Green Bay and the Jacksonville one, you felt really good at. Um, or after, I should say. And sort of when you get this high, you sort of got to come down a little bit. And I hopefully this is sort of the wake-up call this team needs. We'll see what they're made of next week. If, you know, if they go out and lose that game, that'd be one of the worst losses I've ever seen this team have, <laughs> especially with what's on the line. And to me, it would result in the coaching change, or at least it should. But uh, we'll see. But appreciate the call, Richard. Yeah, Richard, final thoughts before we let you go, my friend. You know, uh, one thing I do want to say, look, I, I – I don't like the fact that Derek Carr went to the Saints. Um, but I, I, I've been telling some of my friends that, you know, he, he's a quarterback. He knows how to throw it, and he's, he's smart. He's not, he's not a turnover-type quarterback. And when he's had success against Todd Bowles before when he was with the Raiders. Back in 2020, he put up, you know, close to 30 points. Bucks just put up 45 that day. You know what I mean? So he can – he can carve up a Todd Bowles defense, and he did today. We didn't get the pressure, and uh, it kind of sucks that the pundits were right today about Derek Carr. So I hope they lose next week. I hope the Bucks win next week. I'm, I'm never going to be apologetic for making the playoffs. I know I do question it, but you know what? This is where we are, but for always and forever – Fucking go Bucks! All right, Rhett, happy birthday, brother, and happy New Year to you guys. Thank you, Richard. Go Bucks, man. We'll talk to you soon.
Uh, yeah, uh, Lawrence asked, can we call in? Yes, you can. It is the number and the meeting ID is in the corner of the show there. Look on under, right under the bet online uh, thing right there in the corner. So if you want to call in, uh, give us your thoughts and opinions uh, on the game or just the season in general, uh, go right ahead. Uh, we do this every every post game, but we also have it, you know, occasionally on, on the Tuesday show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Richard brought up, obviously, you know, oh, it's you know the, the draft pick and this and that. Basically, at this point, though, like, what I said was, you know, arguing with a bunch of Bucks fans a few weeks ago, right, about getting a better draft pick would probably be better long term. At this point, it really doesn't mean much because, like, that was when it was the difference of being number nine versus number, like, 19 in the draft. Like, that's a big difference. Now it's like they might pick, like, 15th, you know. So it's like it's it's less, like, important now. But, um, look, yeah. You still want to make the playoffs, I think, specifically because you don't want a meltdown like this. I mean, this would be a a meltdown. I mean, this this losing two straight games in your division, and especially losing the one was who was the worst team in the NFL, the worst team in the NFL. You you with the division on the line, you have to win this game. I mean, you just you you simply you simply have to. I the direction and the future of the Buccaneers, I think, could be so much different if they lose next week. So, but that's next week. We're not really going to get into that right now. That's for Tuesday. That's for Friday. We're going to keep talking about this game. So, if you guys have any thoughts, uh, let us know in the chat or whatever. You know, um, you know, like I said, obviously appreciate Dante with the with the twenty hour super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, look, and then the defense, right? You sort of had a feeling it might be one of those days when the defense can't get off the field and the first drive's eight minutes long, results in a touchdown, and um, New Orleans executed, and, and the Buccaneers did not, and it, it was simple. You know, I, I do think that uh, the Bucs got outcoached. I, I did find it funny on the broadcast. Uh, Kevin Burkhart was like, you know, this Bucks defense has been getting better each week. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like have they like they were good against Jacksonville, you know, pretty explosive with some turnovers and uh stuff like that. But um the Bucks defense I think is the biggest like knock on bowls right now is their their defense is regressing. And uh I do think Dave Canales also like was terrible today. I mean, I don't know what the game plan was. And like I said, to me it comes down to coaching. Uh this team did not look prepared to play. They did not look like they cared to play. Uh and they clearly didn't know the situation. And New Orleans was a team that on the other end, they knew they were fighting for their lives today and, and they 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 went out and showed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Some of the talking points they give those play by play guys up in the booth. Last week in that game against Jacksonville, I know it was one of the best games the Bucs had played all season, but they started talking about Todd Bowles and, like, coach of the year considerations. Yeah, Ian Ravford put that in in an article, too, and I'm like, come on. Yeah, (laughs) it it, it just made me laugh because, listen, we've had a lot of good things we can say about this coaching staff this year, and we've had a lot of good things we could say about them before the game today based off of their progress so far in the 2023 season. But let's be real. I, I mean... You know, the fact that the Bucks have eight wins right now, I don't want to say it seems like a miracle, but it it, 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 see, it kind of seems like it's in spite of the coaching. Yeah. It's not because of the coaching. It's it's in spite of the coaching. For sure. Um, and but, that's the other thing. Like, I saw somebody on Twitter sort of mention that today. They were like, you know, yeah, Bowles, Bowles got saved because his his offense went hot for like four games. Like, that that's why his job got saved. So, Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hello, going once. On nope. 
gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did he leave? Yeah, there he yeah. goes. All right, no worries. Makes it easier. Uh, last call for callers today on the show. The number to call, 305-224-1968. The meeting ID up there on your screen at the top left, 889-4886-6641. Last call for callers. But let's get some final thoughts out about the game. I, I got to tell you, I, I mean, it's a pretty open and shut case as far as diving into the game and what went wrong today. The Bucks just simply did not show up ready to play. Didn't play well. And, no. and they didn't show up until the late in the fourth quarter. You got a late touchdown by Trey Palmer and Chris Godwin, but uh, too little too late there from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. From the 617, caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Hi, uh, I'm Matt. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes, yep, sir. Yep, we can hear you. you. What's Matt. going on, Matt? Oh, cool. Uh, nothing much. Um, kind of wanted to just ask if you guys thought it was more the Saints or the Bucks, this rivalry. It's kind of kind of been pissing me off the uh, past <laughs> few years, as I'm sure with you guys. Uh, kind of just wondering if um, what it is about about this team that just gave them our number and they've kept it and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's a weird feeling after today's game because it's hard to believe the Saints have not beaten the Bucks since 2021. Like, it doesn't feel that way after today simply yeah. <laughs> because this is a game that... I don't want to say we expected, but if you would have told most Bucks fans that this is how the game was going to play out, I don't think most people would be surprised simply because the Saints have always had a reputation of just being that team who loved to play upset, and they got a chance to do it today against Tampa Bay. They kept their season alive. But, Evan, when you look at this rivalry, what is it about New Orleans that always just seems to make it so difficult for the Bucs here? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, one thing you got to look at, the personnel that they had, you know, for a lot of years, they had a lot of really good players, especially on defense. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, uh, you know, and, and Marshawn Lattimore. Like, they, they had good football players. Uh, then, obviously, you know, Drew Brees for all them years. But, you know, more specifically, you know, the last three or four seasons, I think it's just it's sort of a mentality thing, you know. And for the longest time, the Saints had the mentality that no matter who was on whose roster, that or no matter the situation, that the Saints were always better. And we, I said on this show on the Friday preview show, I said if the Bucks win, I said it is enough of the New Orleans Saints talk, right? It is, it is enough of the oh man, you know the Saints are coming to town. The Bucks always struggle with them. Like no, like that was it, right? It would have been four straight wins, two years in a row being swept. And instead, you know, you got what you got. And I also do think that fans still feel, even though the Bucks, you know, swept the Saints last year and beat the Saints earlier this year, heading into this game, they felt sort of a little bit different because the two games last year, even though the score doesn't show it in week two last year, this, it was, the game was pretty close. Like the game was like 3-3 for the longest time. And then last year, the, the Bucks were down and it took a miraculous comeback to win that game. So the games are always close. New Orleans just, for some reason, uh, you know, they, they have the mentality and they had the personnel, uh, even though they've lost some of that personnel over the past few years which is why I think the Bucs have been able to win some is they've lost guys like Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Trey Hendrickson. You know, they lost a lot of important pieces like that. They have the personnel to be able to stop what the Buccaneers like to do, and they get in the Buccaneers' heads sometimes. And, um, you know, it's a, like a UFC match. Every time Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore are out there, I think he's the one guy that, like, Mike Evans really gets over-emotional, and it basically takes Mike out of the game. Um, and I just think there's something about it. I, I can't really put my finger on it. Yeah, no Marshawn Lattimore today for New Orleans. And Mike Evans, 
over 70 yards receiving, but did not find the end zone. And again, most of that offensive production we talk about was towards the end of the game, too little too late for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense today. Matt, final thoughts before we let you go and get to the rest of these calls here. Yeah, no, just uh, completely agree. You can tell, especially um, whoever's at quarterback for our offense, you can just tell a whole offense, um, Saints defense, just, you know, you can tell. Like, they, they just know they own us. We're definitely hoping we could put the talks of this uh, rivalry to bed this week. But, um, you know, if we can get the division, I'm plenty happy with that. So thank you guys for taking my call. Appreciate it. And uh, happy birthday, Rhett. Happy, uh, happy New Year's, you guys. Thank Thanks, you, Matt. Matt. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks. All right. Uh, so and uh, KW Ray's man say, hey, if I type in the meeting ID, is that to the call? And can I call it on Zoom? Uh, yeah, you. I believe you, you type in the number. And then you have to type in the meeting ID. Um, so try that out before we we head out here. Um, just going to be reading off some things in the chat. Does this is a loss eliminate Baker from comeback player of the year? Look, I think James actually had a video on this uh, on his channel, I believe. Uh, Baker Mayfield was never winning comeback player of the year. It was always it's always going to be Demar Hamlin. It just it just is. No matter whether you like it or not, it's just going to be. Oh man, it, it, I I I on personally, I don't think it should be. I mean, I, I don't I, think. I, I mean, I don't I think, think it if should you, be, but I, it's going to be. I think if you ask ninety percent of the NFL fan base, I, I think, think it should it be Flacco. Should be. I don't think it should be either. But yeah, Joe Flacco coming off of the couch. You know, there's a lot of feel good stories in the NFL. It's hard to beat the feel good story that Cleveland has got going on right now with Joe Flacco. But caller, you are live on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, how you guys doing? This is Rich from Ohio. How you doing, Rich? Rich, what's up, man? Hey, I, I was just thinking today when I watched the game that. Uh, the team just didn't seem like they really cared about this game, yeah. whether they knew it or not. Uh, they're just kind of looking ahead. I think thinking Carolina would be an easy win. And I, I think they just kind of went into the game not really trying. Mm. That's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, like I said at the top of the show, to me, that's coaching. You know, that that's that's not getting your guys prepared and motivated to play. Like, I, why would you not want to winch, you know, clinch the NFC South on your home turf against your most hated rival? Like, like you know, and you, you're able to sweep them. Like, why would you not want to do that? So I definitely agree. The effort level wasn't exactly there. Um, not obviously they weren't loafing or anything, but you could tell who had the energy and who didn't. And New Orleans knew that they needed to have the game, and they acted accordingly. And like I said, they fought for every blade of grass, every inch. The Buccaneers just gave up easily. New Orleans took. So um, just all around, just a bad day. Yeah, that yep. that uh, that effort that you had talked about. I'm not going to say that the Bucks were out there loafing. But there was something that I saw in person that you really don't see on the broadcast every single week, and it was at the end of the second quarter. It was after yet another Tampa Bay Buccaneers three and out. I saw Mike Evans go over to the sideline and look at Chris Godwin and just kind of shake his head. And and the look on his face, you know, the shaking of his head really gave you the idea that, man, today is not going to be the day that they figure it out off on offense. You know, the body language of the team over there on the sideline was just disappointing, especially with everything that they knew was on the line today. And the Bucks had a lot to prove. They they had a lot to prove to the rest of the NFL fans who thought this four-game win streak was a fluke and obviously to the rest of the NFC South that they could have won the division today. And uh, unfortunately, they did not. And a lot of that lack of preparation is going to fall on coaching. And next week, it is, it, it's literally win or go home next week. If you win, then you're in. You take the NFC South division for the third straight year. But if you lose... Bucks have less than a 0.1% chance of making the wild card. And even then, I don't think 
Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, and, and actually, uh, Greg Allman with the Rams win today, there is it's zero. Yeah. So it is it is win, win, and you're in, lose, and you're out. There there is no other scenario. Yeah, today felt like it should have been the last chance for Tampa Bay, and I think they should have played like it, but unfortunately they didn't. Last week, you have no choice. You have to play potentially your best game of the season next week, and I know it's against the Carolina Panthers, and and we've crapped all over that franchise all season long, but I just don't know what kind of Bucks team you're <laughs> going to see, especially since this game will be on the road. So it's going to be an uphill battle, even though this is a pretty terrible Panthers team we're talking about. But, Rich, final thoughts before we let you go, my friend. Uh, I think they'll play a lot better next week. Uh, oh, hard to play worse. Play when, yeah. when, when their backs are against the wall, like the last few games, they played a lot better. So uh, I think when they, like the Saints, like you said, the Saints wanted it more today. Uh, I, I think they'll be okay next week. All right, Rich, we'll talk hey, happy to you. happy birthday. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks. Good stuff. Let's get to our next caller. We got a lot of people on hold. We will get to these phone calls to round out the show. Caller, you're live on the Cannon Fire Podcast. What's your name? Hey, what's going on, boss? I just wanted to talk about uh, how we could have won this game but didn't. Let's do Go it. Ahead. It just seemed like Dave Canales had all the answers right in front of him. Uh, he said it in his last interview, we go through the, uh, pat, uh, the run game through the pass. We know when defenders give us that space that we can run the ball. We, don't, we can't run the ball if they stack the lineup. Like, I just don't understand. He had all the answers. We had it figured out by now. I can understand if this was week six or eight or ten, and they're saying, well, we're still trying to get it together. No, you know we can run the ball through the pass. It doesn't make sense why we were just banging our head against the wall. This is all on Dave Canales. I just don't know how he comes back from this because if he would have executed this, this is the game that matters. Beating the Panthers next week won't matter. Beating our bully, the guys who always gave us a headache. Like, as a Bucks fan, I, I don't care for the Panthers. I don't care for the Falcons. But, boy, do I hate the Saints. And it's like, this is the game that was supposed to submit us in the South, and I just think we dropped the ball on it. Yeah, that's that that that's the feeling I get to when you're looking at the two games, right? So, uh, the okay, the Buccaneers win one of two and they're in. But man, yeah, when it, beating Carolina, whatever. But beating New Orleans would have felt so much better. And just like you said, they dropped the ball. I think it's just the fact I, I, that it felt like they didn't show up prepared to play. And Dave Canales, an all-time fumbling in the back here this week, just because of the praise we have given him. For the last couple of weeks here, you know, in the wins that the Bucks had at the beginning of this win streak against Carolina, against Atlanta, it didn't feel like the offense was playing its best football. But against the Packers, and then even more so against Jacksonville, just because of the complimentary play from the defense, it felt like the two most efficient games of the season. And, I mean, if they were able to follow that up with half of that effort this week, then I felt like they maybe could have made this game a little bit more entertaining towards the end there, but they just didn't. They came out so flat, and it, it felt like they took two giant steps backward this week. And just like you said, you know, we can talk about the inconsistencies, and we can talk about how it, it's a different conversation if this is week five or week six of the season, but this is week 17, man. Like, when and you're in this week, and mm-hmm. the Bucks just did not look prepared whatsoever, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Couldn't get much of anything going. If I just have one last thing to say, gentlemen, Keith Baker uh, changed the coaching staff. 
I think we have the team. A, a few more pieces of, in the draft and free agency will fix and make us a Super Bowl contender because I think we, we're just a few pieces away. The coaching staff, I, I don't think they got it together yet. We have all the pieces to win games. There's nothing, there's nothing here that's stopping us but the coaching staff. I'm sorry. We appreciate your call, man. Go Bucks. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks. Interesting take there, Evan. We got two more callers we'll get to here in a second. But talking about, you know, what's standing between the Bucks and a Super Bowl window right now with what they have on the coaching staff and obviously the talented roster, I, I still think there's m- more chance than people would think of, of Baker Mayfield re-signing, coming back with Tampa Bay next season. I still think that as of right now, Todd Bowles probably uh, slated yeah. to come back. This this hasn't this hasn't changed my opinion on that. I still think they're probably both back because I'm also assuming that they're going to win next week. Now, I mean, if they don't win next week, who knows? If, if they don't win next week, I would like to think that Todd Bowles would be fired because I just I don't know how you accept that. Yeah, you can't, right. How how can't. how do you accept that? Like because if you're gonna bring the guy back in 2024. How how am I just supposed to expect anything different? Like I, you you can't. It would be an epic meltdown. So um, we'll see. But uh, you know, yeah, I I don't. This one game isn't going to change my opinion on that. Caller, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, brother, it's not Tampa Terry, not up here in Muscle Beach. Of course, your brother is not Christian conservative, all right wing. Just want to sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Red Matthew. Happy birthday to you and many more. Oh, thank you so much. Giving you a big round of applause here. Let's see if we got... There it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Any thoughts on the game today before we let you go? I can't believe they lost. I can't believe they lost by 10. And more so, I just have a question. Is Baker Mayfield going to be our quarterback next season? We'll get to it. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you calling in, my friend. Good to hear from you, our good buddy, Holy. Party on and happy new year, brothers. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, so you heard the man, Evan. I will let you field this one first. Is Baker Mayfield going to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2024? I, I do think so. Um, like I said, unless if, if they lose next week, all bets are off because then, you know, I think you should be getting a new coaching staff. And who knows if the coaching staff's going to want to retain Baker? You know, like if they lose, all bets are off. But I also think, you know, having a later draft pick, like even if they lose, if they miss the playoffs, they're going to be picking 14th, 15th. Like that's pretty late to get a quarterback. So maybe you decide to bring Baker Mayfield back anyway. I do think he's probably more than likely back. This doesn't really change my opinion. May he have cost himself a little bit of money today? Possibly, because the Buccaneers could use that big look. This was a game right here, man. Like, this was the game to clinch the South, and you came up short, you know? Um, I think the Bucs could maybe use that, and I think Baker might have cost him a couple million, but uh, we'll see how, how the season finishes. But uh, as of right now, with what we know right now, I think he's still back. Final call of the show. You're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, what's up? Uh, I'm Alex. I'm calling in from Key West. I just want to quickly talk about the potential future of the Bucks here. You know, possibly, you know, even if we do make the playoffs, you know, what do we think of doing the draft? You know, do we try to go for a corner, maybe like Cooley McKinstry, try to trade somebody on the defensive line like Vita Vea maybe to try to get 
uh, Corey McKinstry possibly, because we definitely need help in the secondary, most certainly after today's game. But then also, you know, just a few more pieces on the defense. I feel like that, you know, as one of the previous callers said, we're very close to getting close to Super Bowl. And just a few more pieces left. I feel like that, you know, a good corner and a good secondary would really help us get there. But, you know, even if we make the playoffs this year, I feel like that we might have to go into a quick, like, rebuilding year next year. But what do you guys think? We appreciate well, your call, my friend. So, yeah, interesting take here on what the Bucks' potential draft strategy is going to be. Well, I can tell you right now, they're team. not trading Vita Vea, So that's Yeah, I, I don't think trading anyone on this defense is going to solve any of the immediate issues this Bucks team has. You know, we can talk about maybe the position they would find themselves in if they want to trade up. I mean, if they're going to trade up for anything during the draft, I have to assume it's going to be a quarterback. But even yeah, then... Even then, you're not going to be trading any of these defensive pieces here that are going to be locked in uh, for the long haul. One of those being Vita Vea interior D line. Yeah, and that and that's just the the thing that you know Al Bundy even says in the chat. Like cornerback's not the biggest issue on the team. Like, truly really not. You know, uh, Derek Carr passed for under 200 yards today. Like, it's not like the Bucks got just completely shredded up and down the field. Um, you know, so the secondary has been inconsistent, sure, right? And that's what I talk about all the time. You know, is it a bad football player or is it a good player having a bad season? I think Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are two good players that have had bad seasons. That 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 that's what it is to me. Um, so I, I think they're pretty good bounce back candidates um for this and uh for, for next season, I should say. And you know, as far as as the draft, um you know, I, I think you'd be looking at even because we basically know a range, right? It's going to be 14 and 19 in that range. So I think you'd be looking at pass rusher. Um, I, I do think you could look at pass rusher uh, to pair with, you know, Yaya Diaby, Kalajikansi, you know, Vita Vea, add another pass rusher there because Joe Trinshuenka doesn't look like the answer. We don't know about the future of Shaq Barrett either. So uh, I, I do think you'll know, maybe adding another pass rusher. It depends on what happens with Mike Evans. If Mike Evans isn't back, like a wide receiver becomes a topic then, obviously. Um, you know, is a guy like Brock Bowers available at tight end? Like, you know, it'd be a luxury, but like tight ends, like they could, Kate Otten's a fine player, but he's not a Brock Bowers type player. Um, you know, I don't think offensive line. Uh, so, I, I mean, I could see them maybe addressing the secondary. It all depends on who's on the board. You know, it really all depends on who's on the board. But I think when you're looking at it, I think pass rusher is probably the, the biggest need on this team here. All right. I know I said last call for the last caller, but I mean it this time. From the 407, you're the final call of the show. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, hi, I'm Nathan Carly. I'm from Deland, Florida. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm uh, calling for the Buccaneers, and um, yeah, I, I just have a opinion on something. All right, go ahead. And I wanted to hear if you guys agree with me. Let's hear it. So, I think that the Buccaneers should trade away a lot of their old vets, like Shaq Barrett. Um, I mean, Shaq Barrett, Ryan Jensen, and then trade for draft picks and rebuild your, rebuild the line because Cody Mock and Hainsey do not seem like the answer to me. And I think that – would you guys agree with me on that one? What's your guys' opinion on that? 
Well, you know, when you're talking about trading veterans, um, I think Shaq Barrett and Ryan Jensen, well, Ryan Jensen might retire. Um, so that that was sort of solve, you know, it, it itself. So I don't think you'd be getting any draft picks for that. Even if the Buccaneers elected to trade Shaq Barrett, they probably wouldn't be getting many draft picks. So um, yeah. and as far as, you know, yeah. Cody, Cody, Cody Malk's concerned, you know, I would say give him a little bit more time. He is a rookie playing at North Dakota State, and this, you know, being a rookie in the NFL. Uh, Robert Hainsey, I do think the Buccaneers could be looking for a center in the offseason uh, because Robert Hainsey has yeah. been a bit disappointing for sure. Yeah, I, I think as far yeah. as Cody Malk and Robert Hainsey, you just got to find those guys a more comfortable spot on the line. You know, regardless of Hainsey being your starting center for two years in a row, hats off to him for doing it first and foremost. But, you know, we talk about it all the time. He's playing out of position. He's not playing a natural position there at center. So hopefully they can maybe try and plug him in at guard and see if he has any better luck. But I still think he's a guy that they're going to want to try and find the right spot for on as far as uh, the offensive line. And then as far as Cody Malk, like, you know, kind of like Evan said, this is a this is a guy that came from North Dakota State. I think we do have to give him a little bit of credit for holding up as long as he has during his rookie season. He has made some solid progression in the run game, opening up some lanes there, becoming more physical, more of a, law, a mauler at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to throw in the towel yet on Cody Malk because I think he could develop into something good. But I would expect some pieces to be moved around on this Bucks offensive line next season, whether it's free agent signing or a first, second, third round draft pick. I think there's going to be some new faces on this offensive line, and it's uh, going to be interesting to see how they build it moving forward. But definitely some things that, you know, have yet to reach their full potential. And I think this offensive line is is one of those things. Uh, but final thoughts before we let you go, yeah. my friend. Um. And also, do you do you think you could see the Bucks? You know, maybe trading for. I mean, I know Kate Otten's young, and he's honestly really productive. But do you think that we could go get like a really like you know solid like maybe Brock Bowers type guy in the draft, or like you know maybe trading up for a quarterback if Baker may if we lose to Carolina? I think yeah. the Bucks' chance. Honestly, I think the Bucks' chance at getting a productive offensive player, especially at the tight end position, goes way up with their draft position being what it is. I mean, if they beat Carolina next week, they are locked into the number 19 overall pick. And I have to think, if not Brock Bowers, you're still going to have a clean shot at some of the other top tight ends on the board, maybe a wide receiver if that's the direction they want to take, depending on the status of uh, you know Mike Evans' contract and, and what he looks like in 2024 yeah. if he resigns with the Bucks or not. But Evan, when you look at the Bucks' draft position and you look at what they might find themselves in, we assume Baker Mayfield is going to be back, so I want to assume mm -hmm. the Bucks are not going to be heavily targeting a quarterback in the first round of the draft. So what are some other positions you think they could uh, look at there at pick number 19 or around there? Yeah, yeah. I, you I know, mean, or, oh, my bad. Sorry. No, 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 no it's, it's all good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... I, I think Brock Bowers would probably have to fall. Um, just not sure. Even even with the injury that he had, um, I don't really expect him to be there at 19. So if they miss the playoffs, maybe a guy like Brock Bowers. But, um, you know, like I said, that would sort of be more of a luxury. I think if you're picking that high, you should still look for a more important position like pass rusher, which is what I think they need more. Um, so, I mean, and you're talking about trading up for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, who, basically? Because... 
Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jane Daniels are all probably going to go, I think at this point, probably in the top five or six. So you're probably not going to be able to get into that range. And then you really want to be trading up for a guy like Bo Nix? Or, I mean, you know, Michael Penix might be there anyway, even if you're picking at 19. So uh, depending on what the Bucks think of those guys, um, I don't know if they would need to trade up if they wanted to take a quarterback. And that depends on Baker Mayfield's contract as well. If they lock him into a longer-term deal where they can't really get out of it, there wouldn't be much sense. You might as well just build up the team around them. But if it's sort of a two- or three-year deal that's basically a one-year deal where like, you can get out of it early, um, maybe they do take a shot on a guy like a Bo Nix or Michael Penix. All right, final final right. thoughts before we let you go, my friend. Uh, I'm good. Thank you, guys. I love you guys' show. All right, thank you very much. Thank you, but We'll talk to you soon. Oh, man. I got to say, it's been a pretty good show. It's always great hearing from the people, but God, the Bucks did the best they could to ruin my birthday, did they not? Yeah, I mean, you know, they had to they had to give you one last disappointment for 2023, and uh, it is the last show of 2023. So before we head out, just want to say a really big thank you to everybody who's listened, supported, even if you listened for a freaking minute, you know. Um, really appreciate it. Even if you hate me, which a lot of you do, which is okay. Uh, you hate me, you love me, you hate Rhett, you love Rhett, uh, whatever. We appreciate you all. Uh, it's been a great year for the podcast. We hope it continues going. Uh, be completely transparent. We weren't sure what our numbers were going to be like, you know, with, with, with Tom Brady leaving. Uh, I mean, Rhett had a lot of talks about that, just like what our numbers are going to be and how we're going to sort of transition into a new era and a, a less exposure era, right, of, of Buccaneers football. And one thing that's remained consistent, though, is absolutely, you know, your guys' support. So uh, we couldn't do it without you. You're the reason we do this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, we appreciate every single one of you. So thank you very much. Yeah, it has been a great year of the podcast. And as Evan alluded to, we could not do it without every single one of you who has watched the show, left a review, subscribed on YouTube, left a thumbs up, thumbs down, left a comment, positive or negative. Regardless, all of it helps the show. And it's been an awesome 2023 calendar year for the Cannon Fire podcast. Excited to bring you more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers coverage in the 2024 calendar year. And hopefully, we're talking about the playoffs here in just a couple of weeks as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to win next week against the Carolina Panthers if they want to punch their ticket to the postseason. The job is not done. With an 8-8 eight eight record, the Bucs facing not only their path to the postseason, but their path to a positive record. Would love to see this team clinch a nine-win season and finish two wins above what I picked them to get this season but uh, we just got to see how they come out and play next week. Unfortunately, today could not get the job done, but better believe that this Bucks team knows what's on the line and knows that they will have to play some of their best football of the season next week on the road against Carolina. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this post-game edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you to everybody who called in. Thank you to all the folks hanging out with us over on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content if you haven't already we appreciate everybody who called in, chatted, left a super chat. Let me find it. Let me find it. $20 super chat today from Dante Mason. We appreciate your support. Our buddy Matt Diaz, Edwin Hernandez, Nate, Holyoke Joe, Richard T. from the West Coast, Bill Schmidt, Al Bundy, the moderator, Buck Wild, holding it down, Millard Thomas, Vinu, Chuck, and anyone else we may have missed. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Follow the show. 
on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Evan. The people can also find your uh, written work over at BucksNation.com. What have you got in the works this week? Yeah, uh, well, you know, obviously going to be doing a Q&A for one final time in the regular season and hopefully doing a Q&A for the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, not guaranteed, obviously. Um, but then, you know, going to have an X-Factor as well. And we'll definitely, if they make the playoffs, definitely going to have an X-Factor um, for the, that playoff game as well. But if they don't, we'll have a ton of uh, off-season content, both on here and on, obviously on BugsNation.com as well, so. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you guys once again for a great 2023. We'll talk to you next week. Well, later this week, but next year. We'll talk to you next year in 2024. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan, uh, co-host Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.